This is an ABC podcast. I know you've got this story on you know, the risk of heart disease via your calcium in your heart. Yeah, so cardiovascular disease is the biggest killer globally. And we do have some ways to slow or reverse its progression. Lifestyle changes are the obvious one. Drugs like statins, if lifestyle changes aren't enough. And there are tests to show if people are at high or low risk of cardiovascular disease. But these tests, which are things which are very familiar to health report listeners, things like cholesterol or blood pressure tests, they have their limits. There are some people who are definitely at high risk who are put on statins, and there are some people who are definitely at low risk who aren't. But then there's a big chunk of people in the middle, about 40% of people who are classified as intermediate risk. And researchers say a way to stratify these people at intermediate risk is by looking at the levels of calcium in their coronary arteries, the main blood vessels that supply blood to the heart. We will hear from one of the study authors in a moment, Norman, but first I want to introduce Brian. He thought he was fine, but he got a shock when he had coronary artery calcium screening. Had suffered no discomfort, uh, had no signs of any health issues or anything of that nature. You know, my levels, insofar as the cholesterol was concerned, were not high. Um, the dietary uh, regime was pretty good. Then to find out that the score was so high was quite a shock. I was basically um, just a walking time bomb uh, prime candidate for a, a stroke heart attack of that nature, yes. So, yeah, Brian was really shocked by that. As you can hear, he really feels like he dodged a bullet. Initially, uh, the family GP was, no, he said, you don't need that. That's not going to tell you anything. It's a waste of time, a waste of money. Well, as it turned out, um, it's, uh, it saved my life. So researchers here in Australia are now calling for coronary artery calcium scoring to be a standard part of cardiovascular disease screening. I spoke to Tom Marwick from the Baker Heart and Diabetes Institute earlier. Fundamentally, we think that there is um, potential value for adding coronary calcium scoring for a subgroup of those people. The story here is that the first step in evaluating cardiovascular risk is to check simple things such as blood pressure and, and cholesterol, and that generates a thing called a cardiovascular risk score. About 40% of people end up in an intermediate level of risk. It's very difficult to know how best to manage them, and the coronary calcium score is very helpful. What is the coronary calcium score? What does the, what does the test involve? The test involves a, a CT scan, a, which is a, a very brief uh, scan of the chest. It's done without contrast. It's different from a CT coronary angiogram, so it happens without contrast or any pre-medication. Basically, is done within a few minutes and then is read on a pretty automated basis for scoring the extent of and the spread and the and the severity of the calcification. CTs aren't too invasive for the patient, but they cost money. What's, mm. the, what's the cost-benefit analysis here? Well, this is exactly where we targeted this paper. So uh, we know from overseas experience that CTs are used for this particular group of patients. Their uptake in Australia has been less. I think partially for economic reasons, they are not reimbursed with an MBS item number. And, and one of the uh, limitations in getting such an item number has been the lack of a cost effectiveness analysis. So this is what we've done. So we took a group of uh, individuals, um, nearly 1,100, who are participating in one of our studies called CourtCAD, and uh, we looked at their baseline characteristics, and we think that's pretty representative of the Australian population. The studies are multi-centre study across several states. 
And then we looked at the projected outcomes using various scenarios. We understand the likelihood of developing a coronary problem if you have uh, a positive CT scan and if you have a negative CT scan, and that allowed us to project both the costs and the outcomes subsequently. And the short answer is that doing a CT calcium score in this group of people would be cost effective. It would enable us to identify disease and treat more people and particularly treat the people that need treatment. And that's a big problem at the moment. Right. So from the healthcare system point of view, it's a good way of stratifying people. What is then the intervention for the individual when they've had this scan? How does it change what interventions might have been offered to them otherwise? The single most important intervention here is lipid control. And generally speaking at the moment, that's with agents called statins. There are certainly other treatments that have become or are becoming available for that. So uh, there was a a new medication just released at the American College of Cardiology just a a week ago uh, showing similar benefit to statins. And then there are a group of drugs which are more expensive called PCSK9 inhibitors. So the issue is that we have these agents that are effective. Really, the challenge is targeting them at the people who would get the most benefit. And the rationale of doing the coronary calcium score is that it identifies people that have got the beginnings of coronary disease so that we're not just treating the risk factor, we're treating the beginning of the disease. And in terms of the patient's perception of risk, that is a very meaningful change. And the types of patients that fall into this risk, well, we know that cardiovascular disease disproportionately affects people who are already living with high levels of disadvantage. Mm, This is very, I mean, this to us is extremely important because uh, There is a huge social gradient of cardiovascular disease and coronary artery disease in particular. And, you know, we have here a tool that is useful for evaluating risk and and guiding treatment. But paradoxically, because the tool costs money, the people who would get the most benefit from it have the least access to it. So this is the reason why we think that this cost benefit and cost effectiveness analysis is so important. So talk to me about what the next steps would be if you get what you're asking for. You're looking for Medicare subsidisation of this CT scan and inclusion in guidelines for clinicians? Yes, very much so. So the Heart Foundation and the Cardiac Society already have a position statement about the use of CT that talks about its use, particularly in this intermediate risk population. So the missing link is not so much the knowledge that this is beneficial. I think there's an acceptance of that. I think it's a, a matter of some discussion within government about changing policy and and changing reimbursement for this particular measurement. One of the things in the discourse around statins is that perhaps sometimes they're overused. Does this help ameliorate that? Well, I think it does. Uh, I mean, I think as we look at the use of statins at the moment, people would accept that if you have high risk, then you need to be on statin treatment. I don't think there's really much debate about that. I think the situation where we struggle the most is people at intermediate risk. I think the low risk people, you know, we would accept wouldn't, don't require treatment. It's this approximately 40% of people in the middle, some of whom are at risk, but we don't know who those are. And the very impressive thing about our findings in the CourtCAD study, which is what underpins this cost-effectiveness analysis, is that about half of the people in that group had a coronary calcium score of zero. In other words, their risk within the next five to 10 years is extremely low. So if you think about how that would translate into effective use of treatment. If you didn't have the coronary calcium score and you wanted to treat the patients very actively, you'd treat all of them. Half of them 
would be deriving really minimal or no benefit because they don't have any calcium. On the other hand, if you're very conservative and you say, well, I don't want to overuse statins and I'm not going to treat any of those intermediate risk patients, half of them have got calcium. So they've already got disease. So we think that this is the missing link between the question of under or overusing statins in this population. It allows us to subgroup that into people that will and won't receive benefit. Yeah, 40% is a pretty large chunk of the population. To be able to break that down further is really beneficial. Tom, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks very much for your interest. Professor Tom Marwick is Director of the Baker Heart and Diabetes Institute. So, Tegan, a really interesting story there. I mean, one of the issues that's running, another issue that's running at the moment is how low should you go if you do need your cholesterol lowered and you are at risk? Mm. And uh, that would, and then the question is, what should your doctor do? Should you um, treat to target? In other words, the LDL is what counts here. And should you go really low? Like, just you know, for people who've got cholesterol problems, they might know the numbers here, but should you go low as 1.2, 1.3? And should you just go straight into bang a high dose of statin? Or should you treat to target and get it down, to, in other words, adjust the dose of the statin to a lower level. And it turns out from recent research that you could actually just go bang to a high dose of statin to get you down there, and it's just as good as treating to target. But the the main point here is you can't go too low. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. You can discover more ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listener.